Let's take our Bibles this morning and open together, please, the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, as we continue through uh, this, uh, our study of this particular book. I know we're fresh early on in the study, just in the third chapter now. Uh, but just to remind you, the Lord wants to help us. Do you believe that God wants to help you today? And so oftentimes, uh, everything is downstream from our thinking. And let me ask you a question this morning. What is the most important thing in your life? And for what are you supposed to live? The world has just so convoluted everything, hasn't it? Though the world system, the Bible says in, in 1 John uh, chapter uh, number 2, beginning in verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And the world system wants us to love the things that it loves. To place the emphasis on things that, that, that it emphasizes. Well, what does the world emphasize? May I tell you, there is nothing new under the sun. Men are just as sinful today as they have ever been. Uh, the, the imaginations of man's hearts are still continually evil in the eyes of the Lord. But, but there is a solution, there is a cure to all of these things. If you remember from last week, at the end of chapter number 2, the Bible says, but we have the mind of Christ. And so now, the Apostle Paul, who's addressing the church at Corinth, uh, that the church that, that he, along with, uh, with uh, Silas and, and Timothy and Luke, established on his second missionary journey, uh, that the church there in that city uh, that, was, that was steeped in heathenism and paganism and, and immorality, and, and he's, he's writing to them because, not because of some doctrinal error that they had entered into, but because of their carnality. These were Christian people that were fueled and driven by their own carnality. Now that term carnality, it speaks of fleshliness. We're driven by our fleshly appetites. We're driven by a pursuit of sin rather than a pursuit of spirituality in Jesus Christ. And the cure for all of these things is to begin to reshape our thinking. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how do we begin to think like the Lord thinks? Well, the Bible says in, in Colossians chapter number 1, in verse 18, says that in all things he, speaking of Jesus Christ, might have the preeminence. I want to give Jesus Christ his rightful place in my life. And I pray that's a decision of your heart as well today. That you would strive to keep Jesus first and foremost. But is he now? Is our Savior first and foremost in your life? Does everything in your life revolve around Christ? You think, well, that's, that's near impossible. How many of you have responsibilities? Yeah, we all do, don't we? You, know, you men, we, we get up, we go to work every day, don't we? Uh, we try to take care of our families because... That's the biblical thing to do. The Bible says, men, if we don't take care of our families, we're worse than an infidel or worse than an unsaved man. Uh, we, we want to love our wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. 
We want to uh, raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We don't want to provoke them to wrath. You know, uh, you ladies, you want to make sure that, that you're living right for the Lord as well, don't you? You t- tend to the things that, that God is, the responsibilities that God has given you, uh, caring for your homes, uh, you know, working with your husband to, to train up your children, and, and all of these things. But how do you know you're doing it right? That's a great question, isn't it? Sometimes you sit back and you wonder, is this even worth it? Am I going about this the right way or the wrong way? Well, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. There is a right way to do things. And so oftentimes we make it more difficult than it needs to be, but God thrives. Though though the Lord is holy, uh, separate from sin, He's, He's righteous, He's omniscient, though our minds cannot fathom His deity, the greatness of His deity, He thrives in simplicity. We see His Word. You realize that God's Word is not overly complicated? It's very simple. The things we find in seed form in the Old Testament, we come to read and find fully developed in the New Testament. The Word of God complements itself. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And as we work to develop the mind of Christ in our lives, our whole outlook on life will be radically transformed. It'll be changed. It'll be made to be what Jesus deems important. If you're able, I invite you to stand with me today as you read here in in God's Word, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3. We'll read down through verse uh, number 15 together. But remember, I asked the question, how do you know? How will you know? How do you know that what you're doing is right? Well, the Bible answers that question. Let's look and we'll see if we can find the answer this morning here in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says, beginning in verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither uh, yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not yet, are ye, I'm sorry, are ye not carnal and Walk as men. For a while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase." Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man uh, take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, our prayer is that you would open our eyes, that we may behold marvelous things from your law. God, our desire is to hear from thee today. The last thing we need this morning is to hear another polished presentation of man. Lord, what we need to hear is your word. So speak to us, Lord, we pray. Lord, challenge our hearts, correct our thinking, our motivations. Lord, may, may you give great insight and awareness to the nature of our own hearts. Oh Lord, may we understand that there is a way to live and that you'd help us enter into the fullness of thy joy. Lord, we ask today that if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they'd be saved today. But Father, in, this, in these moments, may you receive all glory, honor, and praise. In these moments, Father, may we come to the end of ourselves and, and seek you and your will for our lives. So Lord, we ask that you'd bless the message today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I'd like to draw your attention to what the Word of God says in verse number 13. Remember, I asked the question, how will you know? May I tell you that I'm afraid that many of us will know too late. Many of us will know too late of what sort of... Uh, of emphasis we've made on our lives. Whether, whether what we've done was right or whether it was wrong, we'll, we'll know too late. Because the Bible speaks of a day. Look here in verse 13, note the statement, the day shall declare it. May I tell you, there is coming a day, Christians, there is coming a day when every one of us will stand before our Savior, who is the judge of all creation, and give account of our lives to Him. You will not stand and give an account to God for the things that I have done, but you will give account to God for the things that you have done. The Bible says, back in verse, uh, verse number 8 of chapter 3, says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you will stand before God and you will give account of your life to Him. This is oftentimes referred to as the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ. You see, Jesus Christ will come again. Uh, this coming is imminent. Uh, there is nothing hindering his, his return. There, every piece of Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. He's just waiting for God the Father to give the go-ahead. That coming could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be 
any second. And with this understanding that Christ is going to come again and receive us unto himself, remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord has made this promise. His promises ring just as true today as they ever have. But with this realization that Christ is going to come again, and, and upon His return, upon Him calling us home, look at what the Bible says. Let's remain here in, in 1 Corinthians. We'll turn the page to, to chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Uh, it speaks of this great mystery, uh, this thing that, that the Old Testament saints knew nothing of, uh, or the, the manner of this, but it comes and he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We, all shall, we will all be changed. Notice what the Bible says in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, what Paul is saying, that not everyone is going to die but we're all going to be changed. There will be some, I pray that all of us in this room today will not taste death. I pray that Jesus will come and rapture us home. And take us back to the very, into His very presence. Usher us into His very presence. Where our faith will become sight and we'll behold Him. We'll be like Him for we'll see Him as He is. I pray for that day. I'll look forward to that day. I don't want to die physically. Ain't nobody got time for that. But the Bible goes on to say, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord." This labor that we work, that we referred to back in verse 8, this labor that we will stand before the Lord and give, give account of our lives to God for, it will all be brought to pass. It will all be brought into judgment. Therefore, in this present hour, we must seek to remain faithful to Jesus Christ. I want you to look, ahead, look back in your Bible, if you would please. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8 we find another reference here concerning this very truth of the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says in verse 5 of Romans chapter 8, it says, for, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he, hath, uh, he is none of his. You see, you and I, we, we are to live our lives for Jesus Christ. Remember Paul in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, he's, he's contrasting the carnally minded with the spiritually minded. How do I know if I'm carnally minded? I'm carnally minded if I'm living solely for today. I wonder how many people in the world today are living only for today. Giving no thought for eternity. You, you, do you realize that spiritually minded people are not living for today, necessarily. But we're living for Christ. With the understanding and the realization that, that we will one day stand before Him in judgment. You see, there's, there's a great need in our lives today to, to come to the place, this point in our lives where, where we're not living for the world, but that we're going to start living for our Savior. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look back, if you would please, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We're reminded again of eternity. The Bible says this in verse number 8. It says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The Bible says in verse number 11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Remember, the, the Bible speaks of these things being made manifest. Look back in chapter 3, in verse number 13, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. The word manifest means to be revealed. You're, you and I will see as clearly uh, then as we'll ever see, we'll understand fully and perfectly how we have lived our lives. It's going to reveal our motives. It's going to reveal our manner. It, or it's going to reveal why we did what we did and how we did what we did and we can hide nothing from God. It's manifest before the Lord. And may I tell you, one day it will be manifest in our own eyes. I like to think that I do everything with the purest of motives. Don't you like to think the same? But may I tell you, it's a sobering thought, isn't it? The truth of motivation. Why do you do what you do? For whom are you doing what you're doing? What's the intention? What's the, what are you driving at? What are you, what are you striving for? Too often, we do what we do for the praise of man. To be seen of man, to, to have that 
attaboy, that pat on the shoulder, that pat on the back, that good job, the, the applause, the recognition. But may I tell you, that ought not be so. And as Paul speaks again here to the church in Corinth, he's reminding them of what will all be. All of God's children will stand before him at the judgment seat. You, will, you have an appointment. You know, I hate going to the BMV. How many of you like to go to the BMV? It's like the state of Ohio's birthday present to everybody. Here, go waste 24 hours of your life. Take a number. Get in line. You know, we have an appointment, not at the BMV necessarily. We have an appointment with the Lord. The Bible tells us that our days are numbered. You cannot, you cannot pass the bounds of, of your life. God is in control of all of these things. The Bible says that He's the author and finisher of our faith. And as we live our lives, it is imperative that we be spiritually minded people. Don't be carnally minded. Look, back, look in, in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, in verse number 13. The Bible says, Every man's work manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You know, what, what kind of work do you, was it? Why did you do what you did? For what reason? For whose praise? For, for whose recognition? For whose glory? In chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, look there with me if you would please, chapter 10, in verse number 31, we find the, the motivation that, that all of us should demonstrate in our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 31, the Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Why are we doing what we're doing? May I tell you, if, if we don't live our lives, if we're not living our lives for the glory of God, it'll be revealed. The day shall declare it. The Bible says that every man's work will be tried by fire of what sort it is. Verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Uh, we want our labor, we want our work to, to survive that, that fire, don't we? Are there any pyromaniacs in here today? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. People that like, we have a fire pit out back of our house. We built it up out of brick. And, you know, we'll, we smoke our neighbors out a few times a year, you know, as, depending on which direction the wind blows. But we like to burn things in the fire, don't we? You can put things in the fire. There, there's kindling that you begin with. And this can be small fragments of wood. It could be dried grass. It can be dried leaves, depending on the time of the year. And then once the fire begins to rage, once it, 
once, it's, once the fires or the, those coals and embers are stoked and they're hot, then you can add the larger pieces of wood. But you know what? At the end of, at the end of our time around that fire pit, you know what's remaining? Nothing. It's just a bunch of ashes. You can put things in the fire. I remember we, we had to replace our fire pit because it was all broken down because we, we liked to have fires. So it was, we used it and all the bricks began to break. And so we began to dig out this, this place in our yard where the old fire pit rested. And the people that were there before us, they... They must have enjoyed building fires in the backyard too. Remember, we got down to the, to the very bottom layers of this fire pit, and there was something in that fire that had not been consumed. It was a piece of metal. I don't know exactly what it was. It almost looked like, like, a, like a horse brush. How many of you have ever uh, brushed a horse? It's kind of something that has a mitt that you put on it. It's got... Uh, uh, like a rough, several sp- spirals of metal, and you can just scrapes uh, the old hair off of a horse. That's that's almost what it looked like, but it had been in there for since we had since we had bought the house. And that that metal that it was a different sort of material. There were some things that were flammable that were easily burned, that were easily consumed. And then there were other things in this fire that were not easily consumed, that were not consumed at all. The same is true with our lives. There is a foundation that we have. That foundation is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And upon that foundation, upon Jesus Christ, we build our lives. Uh, there, are, there are things that we add uh, to that foundation. I was talking to some young men this week, and we were talking about this building and and I told him, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but the exterior walls on this, on the, of this building, they're all wooden, two-by-fours. But the interior walls are made of steel two-by-fours. It's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? You would think it would have been the opposite. We want to preserve the shell of the building, not the interior walls of the building, but hey, I'm not a, I'm not a contractor. I don't write the codes, right? But it just seems kind of odd to me. If there, was a, if there was a fire in this building today, heaven forbid, but there are some elements of this building that would burn, while there are other elements of this building that would not burn. The, the posts downstairs that, that hold the floor up, thankfully, they're made of steel. They should not burn. Uh, the ceiling tiles are flame retardant. So they might burn, but it might take them a long time to burn. Some of these things that are made of metal, these, they might be, they have the marks of a fire on them, but overwhelmingly they should, they should last, they should stand the test of time. You see, in, in our lives, Jesus Christ is the foundation, and you and I are building upon that foundation. How are you building? What are you building? Will the works of your life last? 
Every work that we have is going to be judged. It's going to be tried by fire. And it will be revealed in that day. For that day shall declare what sort it is. I don't know about you. I want the works of my life to last. Unfortunately, some of them probably won't. You see, I'm striving for the mastery. I want to gain a reward, not out of selfishness, but because I don't want to stand before my Lord empty-handed. What is your life? Is even a vapor that appeareth for a short time, then vanisheth away. What did Moses say in, in Psalm 90 that, that man's days are threescore years and ten, if by reason of strength they be fourscore? Well, 70, 80 years. But in the grand scheme of eternity, that's nothing at all. And it's in that time that we build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We're either building out of carnality or we're building out of spirituality. We're either building to to please ourselves and to gain what we want, to get what we want, or we're building to please Jesus Christ and to honor and glorify Him. But the day will declare it. And I pray that God would help us today understand the significance of this. I want you to ask two questions this morning by way of application. The first question is this. Will your works be lost? Will your works be lost? As Paul, what would make one's works be lost? I believe we find the answer to that question in the first seven verses of this chapter. Let's look there again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. Paul writes, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. For I have fed you with milk, and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Consider this, there is there's envying and strife and division. Where, where do wars and fightings come from? Remember the question that, that uh, was asked by, by James? Let's look back in the, in the New Testament, the book of James. James chapter number 4. In verse number 1. Remember, we're talking about envyings and strife and division. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Where do the envyings come from? Where does the strife come from? Where do the divisions arise? What's the cause? What is the culprit of these things? It says, Come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your members? 
It comes from my own carnality. This lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the the pride of life that we spoke of in John chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17. This desire to be what God never intended for me to be. This desire to do what God never intended for me to do. This desire to be who God never intended me to be. I want to be something outside of God's will. I want to do something outside of God's will. I want to have something outside of God's will. And may I tell you that all of these things will do nothing but cause envyings and strife and division. That's why God hates those, or hates it when people sow discord among the brethren. The Bible says these six things God hates, yea, seven are abomination unto Him. He that soweth discord among the brethren. And may I tell you that the church in Corinth, man, they were notorious. There was division, there was strife, there was envyings here. Why? Because what they wanted, God had for them. Do you realize that what you want and what God wants are different? The Bible says that that carnal mind is enmity. It's, it's the enemy of God. It's, it's, an, it's an opposition to the Lord. But the spiritually minded man is life and it's peace. So if my works, if, if the works of my life, everything that I've given my life for, if they will be lost, you know the reason why? Because I've lived purely for myself. Here we, we continue on. He says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? Remember, they wanted to be superior to one another in, in some form or some fashion. And he says, so then, uh, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. I want you to look around this room today and come to the understanding that everybody you see here is nothing. Especially me. I'm nothing. The Bible says, He that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Paul said, that he was the chiefest of sinners. Paul said that he was what he was by the grace of God. And may I tell you that we are who we are only by the grace of God. You and I, we have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to glory and save the death of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul says, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. But if our works are going to be burned up, it's going to be because we are living only for ourselves. Only for personal advancement, only for the play or the praise of man. But there's a better way. And the second question I ask you today is this: Will your works be lasting? Will your works stand the test of time? Look what the Bible says. Let's continue there. In verse number eight, answers this question. How can my works last? The Bible says this, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own laborer. And I believe that verse number 9 is essential to understanding whether or not our works will abide if they'll last at the judgment seat of Christ. He says, for we are laborers together with God. Would you mark that statement in your Bible? We are laborers together with God. 
Who, who are you working with? We better be working alongside the Lord. The Bible says, ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Would you mark that statement? Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. January 7th, 1989. I know I, I mention this date often, but it's the, it's the date that will live in infamy in my life. Right? It was the turning point of my life. I was not, I was not, by no means an old. I was a young man. I was a child. But on that day, January 7th, 1989, I prayed and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The Lord saved me from my sin. The Spirit of God came to live within me at that day. And I thank the Lord for that. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that's the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. You see, you and I, we have a problem. The problem is we are all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one of us in here today that are perfect. You and I, we will not be perfect until we see our Savior face to face. But until then, we'll, we'll be dragging through this life, this, this flesh. We don't have to obey it. We're, we're dead to sin. How, how are we that are dead to sin live, live any longer therein? But the foundation is Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sin, according to the Scripture, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scripture. We have a risen Savior. He's alive forevermore. And He will give salvation to all who will come to Him by faith. And if you're here this morning and you know Christ as your Savior, you've, you've placed your faith in Him. You have the foundation. And so you and I, what we must do is take heed to how we build thereupon. What kind of materials are we using? What are we emphasizing? For what reason are we doing these things? And, and, and may God help us. Look here in, in verse number 11. He says, For other foundation can no man lay, that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, notice gold, silver, precious stones. There's, and then he says, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. In that verse of Scripture, there are some things that are combustible, while there are other things that are non-combustible. Some things burn, some, thing, some other things don't. The gold and silver and precious stones, those do not burn. The wood, the hay, the stubble, those are consumed. But every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, 
but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Why is he saved, yet so as by fire? Because he has the foundation. The, found, the emphasis here is the foundation. We've got to build upon the foundation using the proper materials. Our life's work, Christians, do you want your works to last? Then you need to be laboring together with God. Your life, we will all one day stand before the Lord. And just like the old poem, only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. Do you want your life's work to last? Then do it for God's glory. Live your life to please Him. Check your motives. The day will declare it. But you don't have to wait till that day. I'm thankful for God's Word. I know sometimes the Lord's Word addresses some very pointed topics here. But He does so out of love. The Lord doesn't want you to waste your life. He doesn't want you to squander the gift of life. He wants you to take the life that He's blessed you with and use it for His glory. Will you work together with God? Will you be spiritually minded? Or will we remain yet carnal? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed,